that uh, we can come to you on a Thursday afternoon uh, just to come into your presence, to worship you, to honor you, to hear your word, uh, to hear your word proclaimed. And I, I pray, Lord, that today uh, that is exactly what would happen. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would rest on me and uh, that you'd enable me to speak your word with boldness and accuracy and clarity, uh, all to the glory and praise of Jesus, and that you'd help us all learn and grow uh, in the power of your Holy Spirit. And in the name of Jesus, we bind all kinds of activity against us in the spiritual realm, and we pray that there'd be a release of angelic visitation and, uh, uh, and protection over us. For we love you and praise you, and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read a very familiar passage, uh, one that you've probably heard dozens and dozens of sermons on. I just discovered a piece of plastic in my shirt, forgive me. Uh, and uh, <laughs> in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we're going to start with verse 10 and read down to verse 20. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, feet <coughs> excuse me, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I might declare it boldly as I ought to speak. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Pardon me, I got a little bit of pollen kind of stuck in my throat there. You know, over the last 30 years of, of being a pastor, and actually even uh, many years before that, uh, one of the areas that uh, I've always been interested in a, a bit has been spiritual warfare uh, and the reality of the demonic uh, in our lives and in our worlds. Uh, and in our world, not, not that we have parallel universes, sorry, that was a <laughs> slip of the tongue. Uh, but one of the common, I mean, very, very common problems uh, that I've seen I, over the last 40 years, literally, uh, of seeing this uh, has been people feeling like they were ultimately powerless in the face of the devil. Uh, I remember way, way back, there was a comedian named uh, Flip Wilson uh, this was back in the 1970s, and he, he, he made it uh, a phrase very popular, uh, which was, the devil made me do it. Uh, so he would uh, dress up a, as a woman, uh, and, uh, and if he did something mischievous or wrong, they'd say, oh, the devil made me do it. Uh, 
And, and that kind of idea has slipped into a, a lot of popular thinking and uh, almost mythology uh, about the demonic, which is ultimately not biblical, uh, not biblical in any way, shape, or form. You know, it's, uh, it's absolutely essential for us to understand that we are not helpless victims in the face of spiritual darkness. That, in fact, we can be victors over spiritual darkness. It's not a given. Uh, many people lose battles over spiritual darkness, but primarily people lose battles for one of two reasons. One, they lose the battle because they fail to uh, uh, realize what's going on. Uh, and they fail to take responsibility for themselves. Uh, uh, they fail to be, become aware of the schemes of the devil. And they lose the battle because they fail to stand. They fail to stand. And these things are the things that Paul is trying to address for us in this passage. It's a well-preached passage and a well-known passage. And if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you've probably heard dozens of sermons on this passage. And I'm not going to try to recapitulate any of those sermons. The key for us as we're talking here in this series, as we have the last few months, about traveling through tough times and the fact that we're going into a season of even tougher times than we've been in. Uh, I mean, many, many economists believe that there will be a recession sometime within the next couple of years. Uh, many have thought that it would happen in 2019. Now many are saying it'd be 2020. But it's just a matter of time. It's not a question of if it's going to happen. It's a question of when it's going to happen. And we're still living with the uncertainty of the B word that we've decided to turn into a swear word uh, here at City Temple. So we're still living in the uncertainty of the B word and what's going to happen and the uncertainty of changing governments uh, and we just don't know what's going on. We're looking at looming trade war uh, between uh, the United States and China, and that's kind of going on right now. Uh, many people are calling this latest uh, salvo, a new technological cold war uh, between uh, those two great nations. Uh, and, uh, and so we're, it's really crazy when we look at this. And, and persecution against Christians is on the rise around the world. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, persecution against Christians is one of the most underreported news stories globally, uh, but it's, it's escalating, and it's only the occasion when we see a bombing that happens in churches in Sri Lanka on Easter Sunday that we get a sense of the kinds of things that are happening. And the reality, as we travel through tough times, it's, uh, you know, the, the one thing I've been trying to communicate is that we're not helpless victims of tough times. There are certain things that we can do, certain ways that we can take responsibility for ourselves, certain disciplines that we can develop in our lives, which will make the tough times much easier on us uh, as long as we begin to implement these things in our lives. Uh, but we also, as we're traveling through tough times, we must not just attribute everything simply to natural forces. Now, there is more at work in our world than we realize. There is more at work in Parliament right now, and I suspect that there are spiritual issues that are going on in Parliament that uh, are at least partly responsible for the lack of cooperation and, and the, the ineffectiveness and inefficiency of Parliament right now. 
You know, there are certainly spiritual issues at work in our world that are leading to increased persecution of Christians uh, everywhere. And so Paul in this passage is telling us, he's telling the Ephesians, he's telling us, this is what you need to do and this is what you need to be aware of. He says, finally, to sum everything up that he's saying in the text, he says, be strong in the Lord uh, and in the strength of his might. Understand that you can have strength uh, in, in the Lord and put on, as you do so, put on the whole armor of God. And the reason we put on the whole armor of God is so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. Now the word schemes there uh, is uh, the word from which we get Methodists. Uh, it, it would be to stand against the, now I'm not saying Methodists are demonic, by the way. <laughs> Just in case somebody's listening to this, uh, you know, don't, don't get me confused here. Uh, but, uh, uh, but it's the methods, it's the tactics, it's the things that Satan will use against us. And Satan has a lot of different tactics that he uses against us. Uh, they're never quite the same. He varies them a little bit. But at the same time, they generally uh, tend to revolve around things like temptation. Uh, he loves to tempt us. He loves to accuse us, especially if we give in to his temptation. Uh, he, he loves to try to deceive us. He loves to isolate us. One of his big tactics uh, against Christians is to isolate us from other Christians, to let us uh, cause us to be offended by something so that we stop hanging out with other Christians. We stop being involved in the church. We stop uh, clinging together uh, because there really is, especially with the devil, there really is safety in numbers. Uh, and so there's a lot of different schemes of the devil and we need to be aware of these schemes, we need to be able to stand against these schemes, and we may not know that we're standing against a scheme until after we're really in the midst of it. Uh, many of you know Karen and I have gone through some really challenging times since uh, 2015, not in terms of the church. The church has been reasonably healthy. A lot of good things have been happening uh, in our midst as a congregation, but we've had all these little personal things that happened. I mean, one of the big things were. Uh, back in uh, uh, 2017, when uh, we were, our, our house was being worked on for seven months. Uh, something that's supposed to take six weeks took more than seven months to resolve. And we were living in this constantly, and it just constantly undermined our ability to rest and, and things like that. And at the time, I just attributed a lot of the things that have been happening to us, I just attributed it to, you know, stuff happens. And because we certainly don't want to find a, a devil around every bush or behind every tree. Uh, so I just attributed it to stuff happens until the Lord, you know, back in 2018, then caused me to begin to reflect more deeply. And I began to realize that a lot of the things that had happened to us were orchestrated attacks by the enemy to try to break our spirit and to give us, uh, to try to persuade us to quit, to give in, to capitulate. Uh, to this, the, the personal pressures that were on our life. Uh, and so, so sometimes we're in the midst of an attack, we're in the midst of a scheme, and we don't even know. Uh, I, obviously, if we did know all the time, then we'd know exactly what to do about it. And so Paul says, he's telling us here, you, know, you can't attribute everything to the natural causes, and you have to be aware that ultimately the goal here is to take your stand against the schemes of the devil. If you stand, you cannot lose. And many times, 
what happens is that Christians think that they have to go on the offense, that they have to do some kind of magical dance or something like that in order to get victory. Uh, or, uh, or sometimes Christians think that, that uh, they don't have what it takes, uh, that, that they, they don't have it in them to, to stand up uh, against all these things. And so they, they, they stop standing, they move back, they retreat. But the key thing here is to stand, and the person who stands cannot lose. You cannot lose. And that's what Paul is saying here. You know, so in tough times, if you don't fall back, if you don't quit, if you choose to stand, you really cannot lose. You really cannot lose. And the good news here is that this is within your ability. It's within the ability of all of us to take our stand. The key thing to remember here, the twofold dynamic here, is that one, we have to take responsibility for ourselves in this. Nobody can enable you to stand, but at the same time, you cannot stand alone. That's a twofold dynamic here. You have to take responsibility for your own standing. If you fall back, it's not because somebody else made you fall back. It's because you failed to take responsibility. If you fail to stand, it's because you failed to take responsibility. But at the same time, you cannot do this alone. You have to choose to take responsibility for yourself in the midst of God's people. All of the yous here in this text are not individual yous, they are collective yous. In fact, that's true throughout the entirety of Ephesians. Every time you read, you do this, you do this, Paul, if he was in the southern part of the United States, which Karen and I were in last week, we were in Tennessee, uh, and if they wanted to say uh, everybody together, they'd say, y'all. And so if Paul was from the south, he'd say, y'all, y'all take your stand, y'all you know, treat one another nicely. Y'all do this. Y'all do that. that. That's what he's saying here in the text. Uh, but <clears throat> he didn't quite have that kind of accent. So we take our stand, and, and Paul says, how do you do that? Well, one, you have to realize that we're wrestling not against flesh and blood. People are not your enemy. People are never your enemy, even when they're pretending to be your enemy. People can be used by the enemy, but ultimately... Our struggle, our wrestling match, is not against flesh and blood, but is against spiritual forces operating in the heavenly places. And the heavenly places is not something up there. The heavenly realms are what surrounds us right now. The heavenly realms are what surround us right now. And so we need to realize that all around us right now, there are spiritual battles going on. There are spiritual conflicts going on. Again, not everything that happens has a spiritual uh, uh, cause in it, but there certainly are many things that happen that do have spiritual causes, and we need to be aware of this spiritual dynamic going on around us all the time around us. There are angels, there are demons, there are things that are happening in the spiritual realm. We must never assume that anything is simply natural. If you go back to work and all of a sudden this afternoon your boss, uh, uh, he or she throws a temper tantrum uh, and, and they really yell at you for no reason whatsoever, don't just assume that it's because your boss is a jerk. Your boss might be a pretty decent person, but they may also be stirred up by a demonic spirit against you 
in ways that you don't see or don't understand and you think it's your boss, but it's not your boss. So how do we deal with that? Well, we deal with that in the ways that Paul tells us here. He tells us to put on the armor of God. Now, I'm not going to talk through the armor of God, but I will mention the things that Paul mentions here, uh, not how they function as armor, but what these different things are. He says, first of all, he talks about truth. And truth is what reality is. Truth is reflected in the Bible as God's word. Truth is more than our perceptions. It is what is actually happening. And the challenge that we all have is that every single one of us, we believe what we perceive. It's our natural bias. Even if what we perceive is wrong, we still tend to believe it. So we need to make sure that what we're doing, that all of our actions are based on the truth. The truth of the Bible is God's word, but the truth of what is actually happening. And to do that, we need to take time, we need to be able to analyze things, we need to be able to talk with people, and we need to be able to filter things through the Bible. But there's the issue of truth. And he says, he then talks about righteousness. And righteousness is about right relationship with other people. It's not some objective standard of morality that we apply, but it's living rightly with other people, relating rightly with other people as God requires, as God relates to us, as God desires. That's what righteousness is all about. It's about maintaining these, re these uh, relationships. And then the next thing many people say is the gospel of peace. Actually, it's not the gospel of peace. The next thing is readiness. Uh, and it's the readiness to speak the gospel of peace in every situation, to take the gospel of peace into every situation. That's why there's shoes. It's where we go and what we do. And everywhere we go as Christians, we are ambassadors of the gospel of peace. And we need to be conscious of that. And the peace here is God's shalom. It's God's well-being. The gospel brings well-being into our relationships and into our society. And so when we go to work every single day, we need to understand we go taking the gospel of peace with us and as ambassadors of the gospel of peace. And so we need to be ready to share that gospel of peace uh, everywhere. And then he talks about uh, the, the shield of faith and that idea of faith. It's choosing to trust and act based on a true knowledge of God's and God and God's ways, founded in relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we live our lives by that faith and we need to choose to trust God and to act every single day based on a true knowledge of God and his ways that we find in the Bible. And we get through a relationship with God. And he says, put on that helmet of salvation. And salvation is not just about getting saved uh, in the sense of our sins are forgiven when we go to heaven. Salvation is about wholeness and health throughout our being. And God's wholeness and health protects us and protects our minds. And that is one of the things to help us to think clearly and to think well. And of course, he tells us to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that means everywhere we go, we need to depend not only on the Bible as God's word, which it certainly is God's word, but this word here in the Greek is talking about the prophetic word of God. 
So it's how God applies the Bible in our lives, how God applies the Bible to our situations. In order to stand, we need to have all these dynamics working in our lives. And then he says, on top of all this, be sure to keep praying. I've always said, and I, I like to say that I think that the reason why Paul didn't compare prayer to a part of Roman armor is because nuclear weapons didn't exist back then. Because I think prayer has that kind of power. And Paul says, pray all the time, keeping alert, keeping watch, pray all the time, pray for one another, and pray for leaders. The only way we're going to overcome and stand in face of the devil's scheme is by continuing to pray. To pray personally, to pray corporately, to pray for ourselves and our alertness, to bring all of our requests to God, but also to pray for one another and to pray for leaders. Leaders are always at the forefront of spiritual attack. Leaders are always the one that Satan tends to focus on. Because as the scriptures say, strike the shepherd and the sheep scatter. And that's why we see so many leaders fall and so many leaders collapse. You know, I haven't survived because I'm stronger than anybody else. I think I've survived as a leader because I have people praying for me. And I can always tell as a leader when prayers start to diminish and when prayers increase. And so I definitely need your prayers. But the thing to take from all of this is that we can stand against the devil's schemes. When we travel through tough times, the devil is going to be operating. But Jesus is greater. He's always greater. And Jesus is going to operate in and through us to bring glory and honor to himself. And Jesus is in our lives. And he will make us strong. And he will enable us to stand in the power of his Holy Spirit. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you that we are not helpless victims of the devil, but actually we are people that you have empowered to stand by your Holy Spirit. Send us forth, Lord God, in the power of your Spirit that we might live for you boldly and faithfully. Send us forth remembering to put on the whole armor of God. Send us forth empowering us to stand for you. In Jesus' name, amen.